Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunday service on this glorious day. Uh, my name is Naya Swami Anandi. This is Naya Swami Bharat. We're very happy to welcome all of you, especially our guests and visitors and those joining us on the internet. So I'd like to uh, begin by reading from Rays of the One Light. This is a book by Swami Kriyananda with weekly commentaries comparing the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. This week's reading is called To Each According to His Faith. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 3, we read, Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. It is a common experience shared by most people that when a person errs, he experiences a desire to hide that error from his conscience instead of holding it up for purification. Error clutches its misdeeds to itself and resists correction, though it is only in the state of purity that we can achieve perfect freedom. It requires an act of will to offer that awareness up to the light and to hold it there until one's inner darkness is completely dissipated. For every state of consciousness has its own attractive power. And the more we allow that attraction to act upon us, the more we attract to ourselves the objective circumstances and experiences natural to it. Our faith is the attractive power of our underlying state of consciousness. Goodness attracts goodness. It takes goodness even to see goodness. Evil attracts evil. And it takes evil even to see evil. That is, to take special note of its existence. Whatever there is in you of darkness or light, offer it up to the heights. In the supreme light alone will we find salvation. Accept nothing less in yourself as your lasting reality. As the Bhagavad Gita says in the 12th chapter, cling thou to me, clasp me with heart and mind, so shalt thou dwell surely with me on high. But if thy thought droops from such height, if thou beest weak to set body and soul upon me constantly, despair not. Give me lower service. Seek to reach me, worshiping with steadfast will. And if thou canst not worship steadfastly, work for me. Toil and works pleasing to me. For he that laboreth right for love of me shall finally attain. But 
if in this thy faint heart fails, bring me thy failure. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Many doors open before me at the dawn of thy coming. O Lord, the very earth shone with life when thou comest. The very ground on which I stood thrilled me because of thee. Everywhere dumb matter spoke to me, spirit resurrected by thy touch. All living things swayed in the incense breeze of thy approach, hinting at thy perfume of bliss. Thy sanctuary of omnipresence was long hidden by the darkness of my indifference. Now, on the revealed courtyard of thy temple, I find thy fountain of joy gaily bubbling with uplifted palm cups of craving. I catch and drink from the vital waters of thy solace, Lord. I know now that I shall thirst nevermore. Thank you. There are so many different things that people can attune to in this world. Anandi and I, we recently met a woman, the visiting Ananda, who said that uh, as a young girl, her mother kept telling her that when she grew up, she could be anything she wanted. And so when adults would ask her, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? She'd say, I want to be a dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe being a dolphin isn't such a bad bad thing compared to many other things uh, that one could attune to. But every level of consciousness, every consciousness has its own attractive power. And thoughts are very, very real. Uh, Yogananda was writing in the early 40s about things that had happened in the previous decade and, he, uh, and, and before. And he talked about uh, the vibrations created from World War I, how it had caused uh, floods in the United States, uh, storms in England and Portugal, and earthquakes in India. And then he talked about the civil war in Spain. Well, actually, he, he also talked about how uh, the, it started uh, uh, the Spanish influenza that spread around the world, even places that didn't experience uh, the war. And over 20 million died uh, from just the wrongful thoughts and actions of the people at that time. And so it was very fascinating that Yogananda could just pinpoint different causes that were happening in the world just as the outcome of, of having different consciousness uh, when I was um, just starting on the path, I came across the uh, uh, verse in the Bible that I'll paraphrase, and it says, um, those who have a lot will get more, and those who have less will get less. And there was a part of me that thought, well, that isn't very fair. <laughs> the ones that need the most help aren't getting it. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it's... It, God doesn't impose himself on us. And uh, we vibrate a certain uh, level of consciousness and we attract things on that plane. There's an amazing story of uh, Yogananda. He has just finished a week of classes and uh, the people there were coming up to greet him afterwards and to say uh, goodbye to him. I think he must have been going on another tour. And so this young man 
who evidently was there at the, the classes, he walked up with both of his hands in his pockets and kind of walked like this up to Yogananda. And, uh, and when it was his turn, he reached out with a limp hand to Master. And Master just face just went sort of blank. And Yogananda reached out with a limp hand, and those limp hands touched. And then uh, the man dropped his hand, put both pack, uh, hands in his pocket, and started walking away. And then there's this woman that was right behind this man. And she just loved Master, longtime disciple. And she just was so looking forward to greeting Master. And as soon as Master saw her come, his face just lit up uh, with joy. And he was just beaming great love to this woman. And this man with the two limp hands now in his pockets, he turned around and he was sort of amazed at the radical change in Yogananda's manner. So he walked around, got in line again. (laughs) And then when it was his turn, he took one of his hands out of his pocket again, still lifeless, and reached out to Master. Master's face went completely dull, blank. I wouldn't say really dull. And um, with a limp hand, the two limp hands touched again. And then the man put his hand in his pocket and then walked away. And, you know, we have, you know, it's it's sort of a (laughs) hard story to take in because, you know, the the uh, Guru's graces, they're always uh, shining on us. And it it determines how much we're open and uh, to, to be able to receive it. The disciples that were with Yogananda, they talked about how thrilling it was to just look out the window and see Rajasi Janakananda, uh, Yogananda's uh, most advanced disciple, and just the love that was just shared. And there are no barriers to that love, and Yogananda could give Rajasi everything. And it was so thrilling, they said, to, to, to watch. You know, God wants to give us everything, doesn't he? But uh, if he does, we'll take it in the wrong way, and we might lose perspective. And so he has to hold back and to give us as much as we're capable uh, of taking. Sri Yukteswar, Yogananda's guru, said, examine your thoughts for 24 hours. He was talking to a, 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 a sort of a cynic and a man that didn't believe in God. And examine your thoughts for 24 hours and then ponder why uh, you don't experience God. And we, if we're sort of intermittent in our devotion, uh, then how can God sees that we haven't convinced ourselves yet that we want him? So he has to wait until uh, we've convinced ourselves. And so it's really, uh, uh, God wants to give us, as I said, everything. But it's just a matter of how much do we want to receive from him? Uh, attunement really is everything, uh, as it talks about in the reading, where we want to offer everything to the heights and when Yogananda, with the close disciples of Swamiji, Swami Kriyananda, has said is that he, he didn't talk about spiritual concepts. He talked about being in tune. Uh, and if things get difficult, be more in tune. And because uh, he could help people the most that way uh, because we're tuning into his consciousness. Yogananda said that just this world just doesn't touch him. Uh, and he just, uh, in just a moment, he could just be free of everything uh, and just be in bliss and 
we're children of the light, just as Yogananda is, and this is our mission. This is our destiny uh, in the same way. There's a, um, it takes really tremendous self-honesty and courage to really live the spiritual life because we'll find things in ourselves that maybe we aren't that excited about. <laughs> I remember uh, I had just come to Ananda and I was a little bit disappointed in myself. And I was down on myself and I, I was, uh, I was uh, eating uh, with the other monks in a restaurant in Sacramento and I guess Swami knew we were all there and he came in the room and he made just a beeline for me and just started talking to me and sending so much love to me. And I understood what he was saying. You know, don't count your faults, but just, as, as, as Master said, you know, just uh, ask yourself, um, you know, how much do I love God? How much can I love God? You know, that's really uh, where it is. Uh, things will, life will give us challenges, and, uh, and they aren't always easy. Uh, but the important thing is who we become through those challenges. There's a martial artist who, um, whenever he met an obstacle, he always used it to spur himself to climb to the heights and to get stronger uh, in his art. And uh, seven weeks before, uh, in a match competition, seven weeks before the national championship was to take place, he broke his uh, right hand. And uh, he, uh, uh, but he was able to just barely win the match. And most competitors, if you've got a broken right hand and you're going against the world's best, would sort of say, well, not this year, uh, maybe next year. But he just always looked at it as an opportunity to grow stronger and to excel. So he trained with just his left hand for seven weeks. And, uh, and then four days before the national competition, he got his uh, cast off his right arm and hand, and then he competed. And he hadn't had time to really train his right arm uh, that well. He hadn't been training at all. Uh, but he said it was almost like cheating, uh, participating in the national championships. It was just so easy. Because then he, he said, now I can use both hands. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when uh, I look back at the challenges that I faced uh, in my life, and I'm sure if you look back at the challenges that you faced, you'll see that when we're up against it, and it's very challenging, that that can be our greatest strength. I had once gone through a period of four and a half years of real intense challenges. And uh, I was um, talking with a psychic, and she said that um, she said that was your greatest soul friend. And, uh, and I had started to really understand that it was maybe the last year, really particularly, that it was. But it had changed. She, the psychic said that uh, she had, it was very rare to see someone change as much in an incarnation. And in the Bhagavad Gita, it talks about how uh, we adapt a, strat- a strategy for life and we get comfortable with it and we just keep going and going with that strategy too long. It doesn't serve its place anymore. So with uh, practices such as Kriya Yoga, we can change our destin- destiny. There's um, a woman that worked with sound healing in the years ago uh, at Ananda and she would set the pitch of her sound machine to the person's vibration. But she found that uh, Ananda people, it didn't really work because our vibration was always changing because of our practice of Kriya Yoga. Uh, so we have that uh, in our favor, but we, um, 
But it's, um, you know, uh, I, there's, a, there's a principle in leadership that a lot of organizations use, and that's to ask somebody to do something uh, for the organization. And what happens if a person does? Well, they, they get more in tune, and uh, they, they feel more connected to the organization because of the ideals of the organization. Well, God has the greatest organization of all up there in all the different worlds. It's not just on earth. And he asks us to do different things by giving us a test and a challenge. And when that comes our way, uh, we have to raise our energy level, don't we? And we, uh, if we embrace it fully and we don't resist, uh, then uh, we can transform a part of ourselves that uh, maybe we've been holding back on or maybe we weren't even aware of. And so this, uh, this idea of... Um, well, I was, I was meditating this morning on today's uh, topic. And, you know, all of us here in this room particularly have joyful lives. And lives very connected, um, idealistic. And, uh, and it's manifested in our life here at Ananda, or if we don't live at Ananda, in our communities where we live. Well, the quality of our lives today is really a reflection of the purification that we've gone through in our past, hasn't it? And we've progressed through a lot of different things. And so if we, if we see something in our life, it's an opportunity for more purification. Dr. Peter Van Houten, he was talking with Swami, and, I, and he said, wasn't it hard living with an avatar who knew your every thought? And Swami said, yes, it was. But I wanted to change. And all of us want to change, don't we? And so that's where courage comes in on the spiritual path, is to offer up, as Swami Kriyananda says in the reading, everything, every little flaw in ourselves, offer it into the light, give it to God. And God will happily take it. Uh, And when we aren't, Attached to it, there's the story of a, uh, an Indian uh, guru. His grandmother is actually his guru. And he was a young boy, 11 years old. And she wanted to teach him about attachment. And so she said, I want you to hold on to this rocking chair as hard as you can as I try to pull you out. And so she just tugged on him. And she was you know, a grown woman. And she was able to pull him out of the chair. And she said, uh, uh, how did you feel? I said, well, I heard Grandma. Uh, okay, now I want you to sit in the rocking chair. And as I pull you out, I want you to come with me. And so she just pulled him out. And uh, she said, how was it? It was easy, Grandmother. And that's the way it is with us in our relationship with God. I mean, God will make it challenging and uh, he will give us situations that uh, we may not prefer, but it's exactly what God prefers. And if we trust him and come out of the rocking chair with him, uh, we can pro- uh, progress very quickly on the path. And we can be rid of things that have given us a lot of pain or suffering, or at least indifference and dullness in our lives. And so it's just a matter uh, Yoga, uh, Yogananda was talking about Rajasi Janakananda, um, his great, uh, greatest disciple. He had many great disciples. Ramakriyananda was 
one of them. Uh, but he said that why Rajasi Janakananda progressed so quickly on the path is he knew how to listen. He knew how to listen, he knew how to uh, hear and then act on what he heard. And it was just instantaneous for him. So the, the answer is always uh, attunement. Yogananda said in the beginning of the path, it's very difficult. And then it becomes effortlessly liberating. And I, I told you about the competition of the martial artist, the match where he broke his uh, hand. Uh, he, um, he had about a minute left in the competition, and he was up against uh, a giant of a man. He competed uh, with the heavyweights, uh, quite a bit higher category than his weight level. And it was an extremely aggressive and quick uh, man uh, and a real champion. And he was able to, um, he got into a place where he got into what he said was this flow, and he could just, the, the man's hand just slowly came towards him. And it was very easy to just redirect it and deflect it, he said, because he could see it coming uh, a mile away. And it's very interesting uh, when you read about the life of Frank Laubach, many of us have, and how he talks about uh, he went through that experiment of concentrating on God every minute of his life. And uh, he said it was strenuous. Um, then he found a sense of ease with it, but he was wanting to make it every minute. That was the strenuous part. But he said all the rest of his life was just a real flow where God just seemed to take care of everything around him. God took care of all the details. His job was just to be in tune with God. And when you think of it, you know, we stop thinking of God because we're so concerned about the details in life, uh, don't we? We feel that we have to do something, uh, that this is so important. And we have to be responsible, and, uh, and we have responsibility to others, and that, of course, uh, we do. But if we put God first, God will put everything first in our life, and, and it'll all just work out perfectly. There's a, a story of um, uh, Shiva, and he was up on, I forget, what, what, what Himalayan peak does he live on? Kailash, yes, of course. I live in Kailash cluster. <laughs> I was just testing you. <laughs> well, he was up on Kailash, uh, uh, not cluster, but the peak. Uh, and, um, and then all of a sudden he said to Parvati, my devotee needs me. And so he rushed down to where his devotee was, and uh, the devotee was surrounded by robbers, uh, dacoits. And uh, he'd been calling for Shiva to come and help him. And, uh, and then the, the robbers gotten very close, and so he picked up these three big stones, and he was ready to cast them. And Shiva saw that the devotee was taking care of it for himself. So he came back, and Parvati said, uh, back so soon? And, uh, and Shiva said, yeah, my devotee decided to handle it by himself. <laughs> and, you know, you, you know there's... Uh, we have to, of course, respond in this world. Uh, but if we, but it depends on about our relationship with God and, and the resonance we have with him. Because if, if we really see God as the sole reality in our life, as the doer, God will step forth. Uh, it's presumptuous on our part if we don't 
have that in our consciousness. Uh, but if we do, and if we have a growing sense of it, you will find more and more that he will take charge of our life. And we know that he has. There's just so many stories uh, among his disciples, among all of us here at the village and our communities where Master has taken control of our lives. I had this visualization um, of God sitting on a hill and kind of looking out at the people below. And there were some people that were uh, moving away from him and other people that were moving towards him. And he wasn't... uh, uh, he, was just, he wasn't looking at the distance of separation between each of those people and himself. He was looking at their heart and seeing how eagerly they were coming uh, to be with him on the hill. That's all that mattered to him. The distance, how far away, didn't matter whatsoever. It was more the eagerness in each person's heart. And that's the way it is with us and God. You know, if we, uh, God is love, this whole world is created uh, in his love. And if we return God's love, then more and more in our lives, we'll find ourselves swimming in the sea of his love. And our whole life will be transformed in that love. Uh, in, um, uh, in the own vibration, I've always been struck, you know, it's, it's the pristine vibration it's really the presence of God in creation. And it's beyond duality, beyond good and evil and pain, uh, health, uh, beyond everything. And uh, the saints say that uh, when you get in the consciousness of Om, nothing can touch you. And that there's no opposition, uh, no, uh, no anything other than everything is the reality of God. And this is where the place where the saints come to. Uh, but this is the place where every deep devotee comes to, too. And every soul, eventually. And so more and more, let's all try to have that growing sense of seeing that it's God is the only reality uh, in our lives. And offer everything, every expression of God, high or low, um, darkness or light, Give it to God, and more and more as we do, it'll be only God shining all around us and within us. God bless us all.